Listener supported. WNYC Studios. It's Politics with Amy Walter on The Takeaway. Good to have you with us. It's our second podcast of the weekend. We just had too much good stuff for you. This episode is about how states, in particular Georgia, is preparing to hold an election in the middle of a pandemic and when more and more of us say we want to vote by mail. Remember this? Georgia's primary election day was marred by long lines. Investigations ordered this morning after a primary day that was hit with a series of problems that was fueled by the pandemic. Many waited in line for hours due to a shortage of workers and issues with new voting machines. Polls had to be extended in an effort to allow everyone to vote. Primary day in Georgia this past June, a litany of problems and lots of finger pointing. Perhaps no state better embodies the polarization and partisanship with which we approach election administration these days. Add a global pandemic into the mix and, well, you heard what happens. Since June, election officials in Georgia have been working to improve and restore faith in the process for what is certain to be a contentious election in November. And in a little over a week, they'll get another try. On August 11th, more than half of Georgia's 159 counties will hold runoff elections, including Fulton County. Fulton County was the epicenter of Election Day problems back in June. Situated in metro Atlanta, Fulton County is also the state's most populous. 45% of the population in that county is African American. It's also heavily Democratic. Hillary Clinton carried the county with almost 70% of the vote. And in 2018, Democratic gubernatorial nominee Stacey Abrams won it with 72%. Rob Pitts is the chairman of the Fulton County Board of Commissioners, We spoke about the steps he's taking to alleviate the issues which plagued the county during the primary. I put together a citizen's uh, special elections task force to review what happened to confirm what we had been hearing, what the problems were. Their findings, their recommendations were well received by me, but more importantly, by the Board of Registration and Elections. They're going to implement pretty much everything that they uh, that they recommended. Well, I looked through some of those recommendations, and I'm wondering yes. how far you all have gotten on some of these things. I mean, one of the very first was we we need to hire, the county needs to hire an experienced vote-by-mail manager and educate voters with a really clear communications plan about how this works, how the process of voting-by-mail um, operates. How have, have you have, done on that? We have a, we have a very strong uh, marketing, uh, advertising campaign that is uh, uh, getting underway that will focus on educating the voters in Fulton County as to what the process is, how to vote by mail. And by the way, my goal and what I've directed, the, that, well, I'm hoping that the goal, uh, well, the goal is for everybody. We want 40% of our voters to vote uh, by absentee ballot. We want 40% to vote early. And we want 20% to vote on election day. Hmm. And by the way, with respect to voting early, we had, um, I think there were five or initially five, and we expanded to eight early voting locations on June 9th. But for the August 11th, date the early voting which began on july 20th we have 19 early voting locations the county is divided into six commission districts we have three early voting locations in each commission district Mm 
for a total of 18, then we have the super duper one, which is what I refer to it as. That is the deal that I cut with uh, the Atlanta Hawks. And we're now using State Farm Arena as a uh, early voting location. And it will be used also as an early voting location in November. So we have a total of 19 now and we're tracking those. We have enough people working and what my directions again were to make sure that we have more than enough trained personnel at each location. Let's say we do get to November or in October and Atlanta and Georgia is seeing a surge in COVID cases. Are you worried that you are once again going to be scrambling to get people to work at these polling places? And do you have the resources available to switch and say, let's do much more vote by mail? Like, can you process a higher volume of vote by mail? Yes, we can, because we're going to be using uh, State Farm Arena once again, thanks to the generosity of the Atlanta Hawks. We have the space there and we have the people. We not only have their people, but groups are volunteering uh, to, to help with this process because everyone, uh, everybody understands the importance of voting and there seems to be a tremendous amount of interest for all kinds of reasons in the November, uh, November election. So I'm convinced that we're going to be well prepared. We will have more than enough. I think we're looking at probably having an excess of 200, 210 uh, polling locations for the, for the November general election and we'll have adequate trained poll workers as well. Yeah, we'll it's also- a poll workers, right. So what yeah. happens if we're in the middle again of like a surge and people say, I just, your poll workers, young and old say, I don't feel safe doing this. Well, that, that can happen. And we, that's why I want us to have a strong bench. You know, we've got to have, you know, a number of folk on the bench ready to say, put me in, coach. I'm ready. Well, Chairman Pitts, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in August and, of course, for the November election. Okay. If you need me, call me. We're here. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay. So Chairman Pitts says he needs a strong bench of people who are ready and willing to work the polls this November. Evan Marlborough, a graduating senior at Georgia State University in Atlanta, was one of those who worked the polls during the primary. There definitely was a lot of misunderstandings with how the machine worked. Hmm. On election day specifically, I served as an election technician. And luckily, through my experience working the poll at Georgia State, I knew how to power on and trouble fix the machines. So I was able to help my location. So my location wasn't as hard hit. But through my experience as early voting, I did experience extremely long lines of the last day of being an early voter poll worker. I think I got I left the polling location about 1.30 a.m. after coming there at 5.30 a.m. the day before. Right. So almost 24 hours at at one building. We didn't have as much staff as we may have needed. Um, And then, you know, we couldn't get voters through as quickly as possible because we couldn't have so many people in the room due to the COVID-19 crisis, right? So we had to make sure there weren't too many people where we could risk an infection, right? So it was a lot, you know, a lot of voters came, which I'm glad about, but, you know, we were, we had a a line out the door from the time we opened to one o'clock when we closed. So it was, it was definitely a trying experience. You know, we could, it, it was wall to wall, so we couldn't get breaks. I was so happy when I got home and was able to eat 
Um, <laughs> very happy. My parents actually, my, uh, I live with my parents currently, and they actually got a barbecue. So that was a great reward for the long day. It definitely was a lot of work, a lot of mental work, just staying up and processing people because, you know, making sure somebody's information is essential for their vote to be counted. So it was definitely a high intensity experience from sunup to sundown. Seeing the need for experienced poll workers firsthand, Evan founded the Georgia Youth Poll Worker Project. Uh, It started off with just me and an Instagram and a Google form. And what I did was I reached out to my county election officials and say, hey, do you guys need poll workers that are young people? And of course, they all said yes. So then I used Instagram as well as my connections at Georgia State, specifically through the Honors College and the Andrew Young School, to help get a lot of students recruited to work. And then the project kind of took off from there. I can say proudly that since we started, and I'm actually checking it right now, we have recruited 474 poll workers for the election since July 1st. Evan Malbro is a 2020 graduate of Georgia State University and founder of the Georgia Youth Poll Worker Project. You can find them on Instagram at GA underscore youth underscore poll workers. Given the likelihood of a poll worker shortage this November, we put the question to you. Have you ever worked the polls? Are you considering it this election? And why or why not? And as always, you delivered. This is Ken Ebert, Walston Lake, New York. Yes, I am uh, going to volunteer to be a poll worker and to help out in any way I can. Hi, this is Joanne in Denver. I've never thought of working in the polls, but this year, more than any other election, I would love to. The only thing holding me back is COVID. I'm in the age group that is most vulnerable, and I also have asthma, so I've really been self-isolating. My name is Kira Person from Columbia, South Carolina. I will be doing polls this year. I have training coming up next week. I've never done it before, but after waiting in line for four hours to vote in the primary and seeing less than a dozen people working behind the scenes, I thought it was a good idea for me to go ahead and try to assist as best I could. My name is Angela Robinson. I am calling from Plymouth, Minnesota. I have not ever been a poll worker before, but I have signed up to be a poll worker for the general. I am African-American and I want for other people of color when they walk in to vote to see a friendly face of a person of color when they arrive. That is the reason I have signed up. Hi, I'm an Oakland, California resident, and I have tried to sign up to be a poll worker every year since 2012. And I have never gotten a call back or been able to do it. And I don't understand why. I'm a registered voter. I have been registered in Oakland for the past eight years, and I'm just curious what could be getting in the way. My name is Lena. I live in Richardson, Dallas area. I have worked the polls all of my life, off and on, and I had every plan on working this poll as well. Now, with the pandemic, I don't know. I am so torn. I haven't been able to decide. I didn't realize there was a shortage. Yes, as a Latino male, I have never seen representation at the polls of people that look like me. 
I've always felt ostracized or I felt like detached in the process. And I would love, 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 love to know how to get involved. If only I saw that as being part of my history. If only I was able to experience it as a younger person and be able to see it all the way through. I'd be more involved now. But now is a good time too. We always love to hear from you. Give us a call. 8778-MY-TAKE. And if you're interested in learning more about being a poll worker, contact your local election office or county supervisor. For more on how prepared Georgia will or will not be this fall, we turn to Stephen Fowler, political reporter for Georgia Public Broadcasting. I think that elections officials in Georgia are as ready as they can be given the sort of volatile mix of a global pandemic combined with a new election system, combined with demographic and political shifts that put the state on a razor thin margin of Mm -hmm. battleground status and uh, unprecedented shifts to vote by mail, unprecedented shortages of poll workers and places to vote. And given all of those things rolled into one, I think every day is uh, every day is a battle of elections officials trying to make sure they're the most prepared for what's going to happen in November. And again, given where we had come from, let's talk about maybe the different pieces that need to be put in place before November. The first would be that the absentee or vote by mail process works, and that obviously is going to require some technical upgrades, as well as the Postal Service's ability to be able to deliver these ballots on time and get them back to election officials. Where do you see the actual mail voting process uh, at this point? Well, in the June primary, more than 1.2 million Georgians voted by mail. That's a record number. You see an unprecedented amount of people interested in voting by mail, and that's going to put pressure on the Postal Service. It's going to put pressure on the county officials that have to process applications and handle the ballots as they come in. And it's going to put pressure after the election is over to make sure that those ballots are tabulated and any issues with signatures or things like that get rectified in a timely manner and that people have faith and trust that all of those ballots are counted and counted correctly. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. There is just a Monmouth poll taken in in Georgia this week, and it asked voters in Georgia about some of these questions. And um, what it found, and I guess it's not that surprising given the polarization on the issue of vote by mail, that only about a third of Republicans said they intend to vote by mail, and more than 60% of Democrats say they intend to vote by mail, which then, again, puts more pressure on Atlanta and the Atlanta suburbs where so many of uh, the Democratic voters live. How has Fulton County responded, do you think, to the pressure that's on them to perform? Well, you know, Fulton County is Georgia's most populous county. So Mm -hmm. every problem that you could see in any part of the voting process is going to be magnified by scale in Fulton County. With this increase in mail-in voting, there are drop boxes that counties have been allowed to put up and set up 
for voters to hand deliver their mail-in ballots to a secure location. The Secretary of State's office developing an absentee ballot portal that will help voters apply and track their status online, but also help the counties keep track of the applications and make sure that they all get administered. A big problem with Fulton County in the primary was people were emailing in ballots. Some were attaching their entire household's worth into one email, so maybe only one got processed. There were uh, blurry pictures of applications that staff had to go through and try to decipher. And there was just an overwhelming number of applications received by email that the county did not process many of those, either couldn't find them or didn't get to them. And there were many people that were left waiting on an absentee ballot that was never going to come, which led to more problems at the in-person voting on election day. But I think more people are aware of absentee voting. More people are aware of the time it takes if it goes through the mail. And I think the county is definitely aware that there is a huge interest, especially in a heavily Democratic county, to have people vote by mail. And so there's more preparation being done to proactively help voters with problems, to proactively process those applications, and proactively encourage people to return their ballots as soon as possible to make sure that everyone's lives are easier. The other thing with absentee voting, um, it's not the only option for Georgians who don't want to vote on election day. There's three weeks of early voting. And in Fulton County, the Atlanta Hawks have offered up State Farm Arena to serve as a massive early voting location. I was there myself last week. They have 100 machines set up for the August runoff and should have about 300 set up for the November election day. And that's a huge scaled up voting location that people from all over the county can go to before Election Day where they can still cast their vote in person, but not have to risk waiting in two, three hour long lines. How easy is it to get to the arena? I'm just thinking about folks who may not have cars or, you know, who don't have easy access to public transportation. Well, Atlanta's public transit agency, MARTA, has a train station underneath the arena that they've closed because of the pandemic but are reopening for early voting. The Hawks, which own several parking decks close to the arena, are offering free parking for those who do drive in and want to do it. Hmm. They're offering up Hawks staff to guide people into the system that have trained as poll workers to help go through the voting process. And, you know, downtown Atlanta is somewhat central to most parts of the county, but Fulton actually has more early voting locations than any other county in the state. So not all roads lead to a giant basketball arena, but it should take off a lot of the pressure of people in and around the city of Atlanta who might want to cast their ballot early, but don't want to vote by mail or don't necessarily trust the by mail process. Well, Stephen Fowler, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I wish you the best of luck. I'm sure we will be checking in with you as we get closer to Election Day. Thank you. We'll be watching Georgia closely for how effectively they handle the August 11th runoff. And of course, we'll continue to check in on this state and others on their preparations for what is going to be a most unusual election day this fall. 
A shout out to the crew who puts the show together. Amber Hall and Patricia Jacob are our producers. Debbie Daughtry is our board operator. Jay Cowett is our director and sound designer. Polly Irungu is our digital editor. David Gable is our executive assistant. And Lee Hill is our executive producer. That's it for us today. Thanks so much for listening. It's Politics with Amy Walter. <laughs>